Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And today we'll be talking about Lure of the Temptress, a game developed and produced by... Revolution Software. Thank you. Developed it. And it was published by Virgin Interactive in 1992. All right. Woo! Woo! This was their was debut game. This was Revolution Software's debut game. Um, yes. Way this... back in the oldie 1992. And, <laughs> oh boy, do I have some thoughts about it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. It's, oh, you're going to like this, guys. Yeah. If uh, <laughs> if you thought I was being harsh to Beneath the Steel Sky, you will uh, hear quite a few other complaints from Lure of the Temptress. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It took me a dozen tries to sit down and actually finish this game but oh, gosh. let's let's start off with some back story about this game all right so the story begins with a cutscene where we learn that after decades of unrest a nameless kingdom is finally at peace united under their king and the king and his companions embark on a hunting trip and uh, visit the village where Dearmot, our protagonist lives Dearmut joins the hunt as a beater, but uh, the king's holiday is interrupted by a messenger bringing word of an uprising in the town of Turnvale, led by an enchantress named Selina. Dearmut attempts to escape, but his pony is taken up in the excitement and follows the king and his men to Turnvale. And when they arrive, they learn that Selina has an army of inhuman beast people called the Squirrel. That's and not Squirrel. Squirrel? It's not Squirrel, it's Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I think an army of squirrels is better. <laughs> giant mutant angry squirrel. Yeah. yeah. They kind of look like that, except without tails. Yeah. And more ogre like. But... More ogre. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so a battle <laughs> rages on the hill above Turnvale, and the king finally falls, and Selena takes control of the town of Turnvale. Selena. Selena. <laughs> Uh, Dermot is thrown from his mount, knocked unconscious, and the squirrel take him to Turnvale's dungeons. At which point the game begins! Huzzah! I think. Huzzah! <laughs> Are those dungeons in a tree? That's that's all no, I want to know. No, no, it, no. it's underground and yeah. brown. I don't care <laughs> what you around. say. They're, I'm just going to be picturing squirrels this entire time. There's no <laughs> getting around it now. That's fair. Take uh, Dermot and just replace it with a potato. Yeah, dear Mike, yeah, you will yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Get there. But, yeah. For mental images, it's squirrels versus a potato walking around town. Yep, fact. That sounds like a great game. I'm in. <laughs> Uh, after waking up in the dungeons, Dermot makes his escape, befriending a fellow prisoner, a jester named Rat Pouch. I know what a name. Uh, he speaks to another prisoner named Wolf, who tells Dirma to find the blacksmith, Luthern, in town and deliver him a message. After giving Dirma his charge, Wolf dies, but not before telling Dirma the way to escape the dungeons. Dirma makes his way through the hidden passage in the wall and finds himself in Turnvale proper. Dirma goes to the blacksmith. down a sewerage, <laughs> I just have to point that out. Yes, <laughs> yes, he escapes through the, yeah. The the sewer just goes right down the wall. Yeah. What do you, ex like, what do you expect from a guy named Rat Pouch? Rudimentary. Well, we don't know, see Rat plumbing. Pouch go down. We see Mr. Potato Deermont go down. <laughs> <laughs> Who is so, fucking ripped in that slide down. I might have to add that. 
Oh god, yeah, he's like the super, dude's ripped. He's some... like, hey, Rat Pouch, you you look lanky. You got to push this wall in. <laughs> <laughs> so to recap, from what I can see, so this country that is so important to the story, it had no name, which is yep. always a good sign. Walking um, down the desert with a country no name. <laughs> had some random crap happen that I already blanked out and have forgotten because it was that important and that intriguing. And then a potato befriends um, yep. a ball sack <laughs> yeah. and escape <laughs> from a sewer or using a sewer to an unfortunately named town. Got it. Okay. I'm on track. I think. Oh, yeah. It gets yeah. better. I promise. <laughs> oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. So Dearmut goes to the blacksmith and delivers Wolf's message. The girl is in danger. There's a traitor in the village. Lutheran explains that the girl in question is Gowen, who runs the herb shop in town, and if Dearmont wants to help the resistance effort, he should investigate what happened to her. Dearmont discovers Gowen was arrested by the squirrel. Not the squirrel, the squirrel. <laughs> and accused of conspiracy. Oh, the headcanon of what you're describing is so much better than the actual game. Oh, it sounds much more so, interesting, doesn't it? Yes. So all I want to know is where is she going? Oh. oh, oh, that's a groaner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the names in this are just oh, just horrible. You just you wait on names. Just you wait. They get wait. better. They They're get better. better than, there's well, a couple. There's worse, a, I guess. I mean. So Dearmont learns uh -huh. about uh, Gowen being arrested for conspiracy, and he returns to Lutheran, who tells him to seek out a rogue named Grub. Grub oh, tells Dearmont... That yep. he will need the assistance of Taig, the magician, in order to save Gowen. And Taig, I'm just guessing at this pronunciation because it's spelled <laughs> T-A-I-D-G-H. Wait. Taig. 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 Did like, the writers I, you just can pronounce this so many different ways. <laughs> I, honestly, I think Lutheran was just like, uh, Taig. Uh. Yeah, that's his name. Taig. <laughs> Uh, I just imagine the, the kind of an army writer. of darkness thing, like <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I just imagine the writer sitting at the at the you know keyboard, sitting there going, "Well, what, what should I name that new character?" And then they just have a sudden seizure and spaz out <laughs> on the keyboard, recover from it, stare at it, and go, "Yeah, that'll do. Good. No, that'll do it." Which is probably just brain damage. Like, let's be real. <laughs> no, the brain damage is Deermont. <laughs> Trust me. I... Oh, boy. So maybe this explains the whole video game. Oh. <laughs> a programmer suffers a seizure while typing a character's name and then just has an all-nighter venting this entire game while brain damaged. No, I gotta give the programmers more credit than that, but oof. <laughs> oof. Oof. Anyway, oh, maybe the story, the, the writer of the story, then maybe not the programmers. How's that? I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking on the wrong people. I'm sorry. Dearmont learns from Tag's diary that the magician attempted to make a potion of transformation to escape arrest. The potion glamored him to look like Selena. However, the potion didn't work exactly as planned and the squirrel guards came for him. Anyway, Dearmont gathers the dregs of the potion the magician made and transforms mm. himself into the likeness of Enchantress Selena, so masquerading good. as Selena. Dearmont... I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> Dearmont finds where Gowen is being held and orders her release. 
Dearmont meets Gowen in her shop, and Gowen's voice begins to break the transformation spell. When Dearmont is himself again, he speaks to Gowen and feels some sort of connection to her. She cautions him that not everyone in Turnvale can be trusted. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Dearmont learns that he will need a powerful ally to defeat Selina, and that the dragon just might do the trick, but he will need to give the dragon a charm potion. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, just wait. <laughs> it gets stupider. Oh, man. It gets a Gowen. lot stupider. <laughs> it do- It really does. Gowen has all the ingredients saved for one, which Dearmont must find for her, as her usual delivery person, Wolf, is dead in the dungeon. She doesn't know Once that. She, she doesn't know that. Dearmont oh, tells get, nobody, not a soul, about that. <laughs> he's just like, oh, he's, he's just, a friend? Yeah, he's she's cool. just like, oh, well, you know, Wolf said he was going to bring me some more of that cow bane. Dearmont's like, uh-huh, okay. And then he just walks <laughs> out. Just, oh, weird. He never got back to you on that? Huh. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. And then he just walks out. Every fucking time. Every fucking time. <laughs> he has like a dozen opportunities to tell somebody that Wolf is dead. Sorry, I had to interject that. <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's infuriating. Ugh, man. So once Gowen has all the ingredients, she gives Dearmot the potion. Dearmot attempts to enter the dragon's lair through the Ware Gate. However, the gargoyles Ooh. guarding the path won't let him through until he learns their names. Once Dearmot learns their names, they still won't let him through, as they've been instructed not to open the gates to any man. Okay, Dearmot... so that whole exercise is totally pointless, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, it was just a bunch of busy work. Yep. Dearmot then recruits Gowen to get the gargoyles to open the Ware Gate, and they both enter the dragon's lair. After navigating an infuriating labyrinth of caves, Dearmont confronts a beast in front of the dragon's chamber. After defeating the beast, Dearmont meets the dragon. The dragon condescends to help Dearmont's cause and tells him some of the history of the land. Before Sit down, humans... I'm gonna tell you a fucking story. Oh yeah, and it's great. There's some more cool names in here. So, uh, before humans came to live in the valley, it was the domain of an old demon that has no name. It's just the old demon. The demons mm. survived the arrival of humans because it was able to feed off their greed and ambition. Hmm. Every generation, the demon would ensnare one mortal and possess them. The demon was driven out by the great Gethryn some indeterminate time ago, but Selina's meddling with some indeterminate evil reawakened it and now it possesses her mortal form. The dragon fortunately possesses an object of power, the Eye of Gethryn, which will banish the demon. Oh boy. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it only gets better. Oh, just, uh. yeah. With the means to defeat Selina, Dearmot returns to town to find a way into the castle. He discovers the squirrel aren't happy about Selina's rule either. A squirrel named Wayne wants the shopkeeper in Turnvale to hide in an empty barrel so to infiltrate the castle and kill Selina, since the squirrel aren't able to approach her. Dearmot trades places with the shopkeep and is taken into the castle. Yeah. What? Oh, Once oh inside, Dearmont meets Minnow, a boy serving in the castle cellars, who directs him how to find Selina. Dearmont lowers the drawbridge, fights an awful beast, then confronts Selina. In a cutscene, Dearmont defeats Selina with the Eye of Gethryn. The squirrel settle into the town, which otherwise returns to normal. Minnow becomes Lutheran's apprentice, Lutheran marries Gowen, and Dearmont leaves Turnvale forever. The end. Yeah, there was a that- lot of busy work in that. That yeah. just went nowhere. Yeah, it goes it, like there's no. Go in, got preggers. 
No, seriously. She At did. the end, it's like, and yeah. Gowen started glowing with her plump belly full of children. Like, what the oh. fuck? Yeah, it's kind of gross and weird. Uh, yeah, oh. it's just, that could have been worded way better. Like, yeah, mm, like thanks. Mm. Now I'm going to have nightmares of children being plump. So, Gowen starts glowing <laughs> with... from her plump belly. Was that the wording? Something like that, yeah. It was something to the effect of that, you know, she grew fat with children and was positively still the most radiant creature on the Earth. But it wasn't Irmont that was getting her preggers. Yeah. Oh. It was the, the blacksmith. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like all this weird, like, ah, he feels a connection to her. And she's like, oh, stranger, you should be careful. And, and this time she's like, you know, not interested in him, which is fine. She doesn't yep. have to be interested in the protagonist. You know, when you're following the tropes of a story, you're like, oh, so that wasn't even a thing. Then why is this in the story? Yeah, like, like why is yeah, that even I a thing? Why can't like you're making him out to be kind of a creep, guys? Like you know he's just like oh friend zoned. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the entire time after Deermont got out of prison, I just gave him the hurriest voice I could think of. The oh, yeah. only reason I did that is because this man cannot navigate a goddamn screen. Oh, talk to somebody on the left side of the screen? Here, let me go to the bottom side of the screen, all the way to the right side of the screen, up to the top of the screen, back to the left of the screen, and then forget what I was doing. <laughs> what? what why, why did you do that? You were two feet away from them. So... <laughs> Just to clarify, how does movement work in the game? Is it a click yeah, and let's let's get into mechanics for Tom here, boy. Yeah. Let's yeah, Oof. cool. You because this is all the stuff that in the bare bones storytelling part that you don't get to hear about because <laughs> it's something. Chandler, take it away. <laughs> yeah, so this is a traditional point and click adventure game. Okay, you only use the mouse, so left click will just move you around the screen. Sometimes let you look at things. Other times, Deermont will just stare at it and go, because, <laughs> yeah, he's a potato. Remember that. And with the right click, you have the option of drinking, examining, and stuff like that. If you're not clicking on something, if you're clicking on something, you can, like, open, close, operate why you have all three of those options i don't know uh <laughs> unlock and like just all of these really random verbiage so they put all the verb list in the right click one of the more interesting things is you can right click on some of the people that follow you on the quest like rat pouch affectionately called d's nuts <laughs> And Gowen, who is quite literally just a statue of a pretty lady in a white dress. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you can right click on them, tell them to do stuff. And then sometimes Deermont gets over to them to talk to them and give them instructions. Other times he just wanders the screen aimlessly. I don't see the method to the madness. Pathfinding could have used a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keeping in mind that this game is from like 1993, though. Uh, 92. 92. Released in 93. <laughs> or ranked in 93. I want to know what happened, by the way, when it... Not right now, but I can't wait to hear the reception of this game. But go on. Yeah, you can boss people around. You can use items. Uh, my personal favorite was 
keeping on trying to drink the tinderbox because why the fuck not? Dearmont is totally down for trying to drink a tinderbox. <laughs> and, you know, throughout all of this, that's all you have. There's no keys except for like F5 to save, escape to quit, and F7 to load, which if you don't have the manual, you're welcome because that's uh, <laughs> something you're not going to find out without just hammering the keyboard and just hoping something gives you some sort of input because there's no way to pull down a menu or anything like that that i could um, oh god yeah so that's the first problem pathfinding for every character is a cluster and by cluster i mean if there's more than two characters on screen like rat pouch is following you around town and there's a squirrel guard and there's one of those two random monks and oh yeah gwen wants to talk to everybody yeah good luck you're going to be standing there for a long time while everybody's like excuse me as a human oh i want to tell you the story of my job <laughs> yeah excuse me sir excuse me sir excuse me sir excuse me sir and then i got i got caught in a loop of running into someone constantly and that was just constantly popping up i had to close the game because yeah. i could not escape yeah. oh my god it just got completely <laughs> stuck huh yeah. yep i just nothing just everything it was just dead the game was just dead at that point it was like okay <laughs> starting over let's let's oh, try that again man. Yeah, and Rat Pouch is absolutely in love with Gwen because they'll just have a fucking conversation that takes it an eternity for no reason. It's literally filler. That's great as kind of a world building, but then you want to get out of the screen and they just won't stop talking to each other. Rat Pouch, <laughs> you don't need to tell her that she looks like your mother because your oh. mother was a woman too. No. Oh, no. Yeah. Does he actually say because my mother was a woman too? He doesn't say it to Gwyn, but he certainly does say it to one of the uh, barmaids. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think what? it's one of the barmaids. He's like, you remind me of my mom. And she's like, oh yeah? Yeah, my mom was a woman too. And he's just like, oh God, rat pouch. You just oh, get God. shanked for that. You deserve <laughs> to get shanked for that. Oh, I'm not going to protect you when you get shanked. I'm not going to protect you anyway, but... If... <laughs> but that definitely. My yeah. goodwill is ended. <laughs> my goodwill ended when you decided, hey, you know what? I don't think he needs my help anymore. I gotta go check out that sewer again. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, he did that. He so did that. I watched, I watched you play for the very beginning of this, and I never figured out what Rat Pouch's purpose was. He is literally okay. there just to be bossed around. Yeah, so the main mechanic, like, interacting with certain things in the world, is your character, Dearmut, cannot do it. He has to tell other characters to do things for him. He is so the quintessential that's... manager. Mm -hmm. and that's that's what rat pouch is for yeah. and go in at one oh, point and uh, the little guy named minnow mm. the only thing that dearmont can do is poke monsters with an axe that's it yep. that's it what the hell what, and walk what? around and be dumb <sighs> i'm not trying to like mock anybody that has mental problems i'm mocking dearmont specifically <laughs> dearmont yeah. deserves to have that voice like he's not voiced why, in this. Why is your character completely unable to interact with anything? Oh, he's able is that to. Ever explain? No, he's like my muscles are tired, and it's like, oh, you're so tired from being, you know, unconscious that you have to have Rat Pouch, you know, open the secret passageway. 
And Rat Pouch was on a rack getting stretched. That's how you meet him. Yep. Like, I, the I guy remember that passed it. out that's full of muscles. Or this lanky-ass jester that you just pulled off of a torture device. Who's going to be stronger to push rocks? I remember uh, I was there for that part of it, and I still take pleasure in the fact that you killed Rat Pouch the first time you saw him. <laughs> oh, oh, that was just <laughs> Oh, I, Oh, that, I forgot about that. But yeah, that thing that happened. Yeah. You could just you could just twist him and pull the rack and turn it until he dies. Yep. And it felt and... glorious, especially in hindsight <laughs> when he's like, Hey, I gotta go check this sewer hole out again. Yeah. Oh god. See, here's what I don't understand. Why would you make a game that your your protagonist, your main character, you are unable to do ninety percent of the things and you have to just tell people to go do it for them? I mean, how exciting is that? A game where you can tell other people to play the game for you. Yeah. <laughs> a game where you're middle manager. Yeah. It's it's accurate. Uh, it was incredibly innovative at the time. Like, yes. especially compared to King's Quest, uh, whatever mm -hmm. that was out about that same time. Yeah. Funny how that innovation never really caught on. Yeah. Funny thing. Well, it's, it's interesting it's because like, narratively like there are things narratively when it works like for example in the in, in terminal stupid labyrinth where goen is with you and you have to tell goen to like push levers to open different doors so you can proceed that makes sense because it's not something that you could do on your own and you see like later on like i'm thinking resident evil has some of these things like the later resident evil games um a lot of like other uh games with co-op in them where you have these things where you're like oh yeah i need my buddy either ai or someone a real player to like push this other lever so that i can like open this door like you see things like that later on so it kind of makes sense in moments but as like a main mechanic in this game it's innovative they were trying to play with an idea it doesn't work on its own in this story you would have to have a character that understandably could do could not do most of these things like you i know don't know I mean? a, a human that doesn't have the ability to weld or well, let's imagine here, let's take the opening prison scene and let's exchange Rat Pouch for, say, a squirrel prisoner, like had tried to defect and was thrown in prison and is willing to make a deal with you. And so when you get to the secret passage thing, it's like maybe you are not actually strong enough to push these bricks. And that's the message right. you get when you try to push them, that it says, uh, you know, as, as, try as hard as you can. You just can't budge it. And so you have to tell the squirrel you freed, hey, could you knock that down so we can escape? And the squirrel's like, cool, yeah, does it. And then you go off. And then maybe the squirrel goes his separate ways. Like, maybe he makes his escape separately because he's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. I don't know right. you anything. But, like, that could work more narratively with that mechanic. Um, especially compared to using the lanky D's nuts. Yeah, especially yeah, like, when, like, your character is, like, super ripped. Yeah, it's like, like I is... mean, he's a peasant. He's a farmer. It makes sense that he'd be really strong. Like he, he fucking looks Rat like Pouch is the skinny with, like, nerd. super short hair. That's yeah. It. yeah. Oh, God. It's like you could have like if this game had been like done around differently, like maybe they'd thought about the story a bit more, like making the mechanics make sense with the story. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm thinking with like, you know, modern day sensibilities, like plastering it onto a nineteen ninety two game. Which you know, is probably not fair, but at the same time, like yeah. I feel like it's 
It didn't age well. It didn't age well. And they were clearly, I mean, because some of the, like, the the telling a companion to do stuff, like, that comes up in Beneath Steel Sky. Like, they also made that game, you know, later. And they use that same idea, but it works. Like, when you're telling Joey to do stuff, it's like, because, oh, I I will get zapped by the security measures. I'm going to send my robot through because the robot won't get zapped. And it makes perfect sense why that happened. You know, like they took that idea and then made it uh, with the rest of the game. Um, See, to me, like having a big buff main character tell a a skinny jester to move a giant rock because my muscles are tired just seems like lazy (laughs) writing, you know? Yeah. It's it's like the programmer's like (laughs) showing off. He's like, hey guys, did you see that I like made the NPCs capable of like doing shit? check this out yeah like, like why, why are you having him do that oh yeah i guess i probably should explain that uh maybe the big muscle head guy's muscles are tired yeah i'll just type that in real quick yep that's part of the final <laughs> that's game. the one yeah <laughs> because to be fair like i think we should acknowledge that making a game is hard and even yes. back yes. in 1992 it was really difficult i don't know what pressures were going on at the time they were making the game like if it was a oh we had to struggle with you know the engine and so we didn't have time to like make everything make sense or maybe we spent all this time on assets realized it didn't work but let's just use it anyway because we don't have time money to do something new to make it you know fit better with the story like kind of like third act syndrome the third yeah, act yeah. of this game is just like and you went through the castle at boom cutscene, and it's over yep it has the same problem that Beneath the Steel Sky had of third act. Uh, shit, we don't have a budget. Uh, Cutscene. We've got yeah. to end this game. End it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, I kind of feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from what the programmers did and, and like innovation mm-hmm. and all of that. But at the same time, like writing is nothing new. <laughs> and... <Yes. laughs> you know? Like, writing is the oldest <laughs> trick in the book next to talking. literally yeah it, it is it is actually the oldest trick in the book because it's the that's how books came about so i feel like it is totally fair to just point at bad writing and be like hey this is bullshit and you guys should have known that oh, i don't yeah. care how long ago it was so the, like... the writing the writing it definitely leaves a lot to be desired on yeah. many yeah. levels like i'm definitely that is a mm, that's a gripe i have yeah, I, I feel like if they had just involved a couple people, not even like professional writers, just like explain the story to a friend and the friend would go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but why oh. does the skinny jester <laughs> open the, the big ass door? Yeah. Yeah, and, the, like, and the programmer why? goes, shit, you know? <laughs> Never so even if the thought mage, about that. If the mage Gethryn defeated the demon like ages ago, why does the dragon have Gethryn's eye? You just throw it at Selena and it's fine. Why? Yeah. Like, you know. And the, the dragon specifically says, don't look at it. And what is the first thing Deermont does when he pulls it out of his pocket? He fucking stares at it, looks at Salina, looks at this, looks at this Gethryn thing again, and then th- does a sweet ass roll across the across the theater stage, and then throws it at her. Oh my god! But he. By the way, she turns into a scorpion creature, kind of like a la the Scorpion King. Oh boy. And. And apparently it rips her clothes off, and then she just dies naked. Well, I mean, turning back into a human. (laughs) 
it's yeah. the 90s and there's lots of very sad nerds in their basements that that need that kind of <laughs> no, content. No, no, no. It's it's just sex sells. Let's be honest. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even though it's nothing but a very terrible rendered bad amount of pixels that barely makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh, but... I'm going to have to challenge that one cuz for a, a game from 1992, the graphics are actually uh -huh. amazing. That's not one of the gripes I have about this game. You can pretty much tell what everything you're looking at, which is no that's small fair. feat. Because if you've ever played like, yeah, like that's impressive. So I'll yeah, agree that it is yep, still like low res pixel art. So yeah, you're not going to be getting any sort of rise out of any of this. <laughs> but still, yeah, I, I do have oh, to yeah. defend the artwork. I have many other gripes and many other thoughts, but the artwork yeah, the is art actually is pretty solid. Yeah, and the artwork and the cutscenes. At least the mm. first cutscene, like that opening cutscene, is really quite good. Yeah. And the music in the cutscene is pretty great. It's very Conan the Barbarian. They were definitely channeling some Basil Poldery. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's like, this is great music. I like had high hopes for the game with that opening cutscene because I was yeah. like, oh, cool. We're getting some story. And I mean, okay, the writing's okay, but this music is like rocking this is great and oh cool and then when you see like the horseman standing on the hill and then like coming out of the fog is like the shredded standards of the squirrel it's really cool and then you hear the music in town <laughs> yep <laughs> i kept making jokes <laughs> i kept making jokes with chandler i'm like would you just answer the phone my yeah. god yeah. It just sounds like a business phone, specifically a business phone, just constantly ringing. Yeah. Just, there's like this weird moment sometimes where it'll like stop. It'll like, it'll miss a beat and you'll be like, oh good, it stopped. And then it'll... <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was done, Again. didn't you? <laughs> it's just, oh, uh, my, but, yeah, God. like definitely the rest of the music leaves a lot to be desired it mm. some of it some of it's better than others but yeah some of it is okay music, no. some of the interior music is okay but yeah the town music is yeah i just kept making the joke uh that the town uh town music was just banana phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> we yeah. just i literally just started playing the banana phone song while i was in town i was like this is better i can listen yeah. to this on repeat while it's well, going in the yep. background. Yep. Let's be very clear here. Calling that noise music is probably <laughs> one of the biggest stretches I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, it is oh, yeah. a sound. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a mouse having a poop on a plate and being like, this is a meal. <laughs> it's, no. it's a meal for somebody. Just because it's on a plate does not make it a meal. <laughs> Yeah, okay, granted, granted. So, what an image. Yeah, for, right. for context, we are playing the DOS version of it. Mm. And you can tell it's the DOS version because when you meet the blacksmith, you hear, eh, eh, like a clown honking his nose every time he hits the <laughs> anvil, which is really fucking jarring because you're like, wait, is that sound supposed to be the him hitting the anvil? And no, no. It is, but no, it's it's not anywhere near it. It's just, <laughs> and it the blacksmith's music is actually okay, like not cutscene good, but it's okay. But it's okay. It, it's punctuated by every time he, um, what's his face comes back in, uh, Lutheran, to get hit his anvil. 
Yeah. It literally uh, sounds like a clown. It is god awful. All the sound there, effects in it are terrible. There are so many things that have become so much better since the 90s. <laughs> I feel like audio is probably one of the biggest ones. Audio like, is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Like, how telling is it that you can get brand new games that are just being released that, quite frankly, have graphics very similar to this game in that the pixelated, low-res style is a style. It's something that is actively sought after instead of good quality graphics because it's kind of cool. It's very but distinct. And it ages well. Back to the old music. Except maybe some Nintendo yeah. stuff, because man, Nintendo can rip a track with eight bits. Chip tunes is a thing, <laughs> but I will never hear anybody being like, "Yeah, we are totally pulling that music off of, you know, <laughs> Lure of the Temptress or Beneath the Steel Sky, for that matter." Oh yeah. yeah, and yeah. Yeah, we're we're using that music as our inspiration. Ugh. Nobody will say that. And I just realized yeah. on the cover of Lure of the Temptress, Deermont's head is on the back, in the background, and Rat Pouches is on the far right side. Really? Yeah. <gasps> just realized that. Sorry. I didn't. I'm gonna. I have to go look at this. Oh my God! You're right. What? And the dragon. Yeah, the dragon's there. There's Holy a lot of heads. I, is that Wolf's head are... behind her on the right side? I I'm guessing that that is true statement so yeah anyway yeah wow. so the, the audio effects are absolutely horrible the music can be good at times but not terribly good what what do you expect the average reception was for this game oh boy. <laughs> um I, i'm guessing it was middling 92 percent 90 percent 92 percent 88 percent it was very favorably re received. It was a commercial success <laughs> oh, oh. that launched this game company to what it is today, which is actually still an adventure game maker. So. Virgin Games? Well, Virgin not Virgin, games. but Revolution Entertainment. Revolution Software. So uh, yeah. Software Limited. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the at the cover, and it says Virgin Games in the... In yeah, that the was the publisher. Yeah, yeah they... Yeah, Vir Virgin Entertainment published it, so... Okay, I was going to say, I've never even... I mean, I know the company Virgin, and I totally recognize the, the logo, but I was like, yeah. they're in video games? Yeah, they published what? games for a while. Huh, well, you learn something every day. So, yeah. Every day. The, the innovative parts that, looking back, are like, hmm, that didn't age well, like the people wandering around town which is infuriating now was actually kind of cool and yeah, yeah it bossing, made the world feel more alive back then yeah and being yeah. able to boss people around although not implemented well in this iteration really fun as a concept like mm -hmm. yep. there needed to be a better story reason why i agree like that's yeah bad implementation of a decent idea yep the pathfinding is basically watching a drunken rat go through a maze that isn't there. <laughs> that so, isn't there. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There's an invisible maze and nobody knows how to fucking navigate it. Not even the AI that's wandering around town. Mm -hmm. That being said, that's kind of cool. Right. It makes it... For the time. Well, it's still kind of cool now. People wandering around. I mean, that's part of what makes Morrowind and not... Morrowind, well, not so much more when they didn't really wander like you had people on a path but like uh, oblivion and skyrim yeah like for they absolutely still do that and it's cool yeah, they, yeah absolutely yeah 
But, and it yeah. was pretty cool going from, for example, in the Elder Scrolls series, from Morrowind to Oblivion, where you did have characters that wandered around and seemed like they had their own life. It did kind of make the town seem more alive than they did in Morrowind. Yeah, that's true. So it's that. like same concept, just, you know, moving it around a little bit in time. But it's like, yeah, like that was pretty cool, even though it is still infuriating. Oh, yeah. You have to find people and then people's NPCs plogging up doorways and stuff. Oh, oh God. Yes. I can't talk to women. She's stuck in door. God damn it, dear <laughs> You can do it. She, she has one exposed side you can talk to. And I'm not talking like she's naked. No, like there's a spot where he can stand and physically face her and talk to her. They, they kind of needed to work on that. And they did. If you listen to my complaints of Beneath the Steel Sky, I found that funny when people would go to a given spot to talk but they were able to get to that given spot to talk without issue yep, without issue uh, unless you glitch the game out like i did in which well, case they can't that, talk to somebody in an ends. elevator i'm sorry yep i know <laughs> well he wasn't in the elevator when i tried to talk to him but you know the game timed out by the time that i was talking to him and then he was like i'm out but i'll just continue talking to you i guess i don't have time uh, to stand up here and talk to you got places to be <laughs> God. And if you're interested in that, I did clip that on my uh, Twitch channel. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually really funny to watch. Like, it's really good. strange because it was like, oh, I think this is going to crash the game. And boy, did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the game was not meant for that to happen. <laughs> it, it is not. They solved that issue. Their second game was a much more solid release. Yeah. Yeah, they iterated on the idea. Yeah, and that iteration really paid off. Because there's really clever ideas in here that are poorly implemented because they were building the engine. That's fair. Let's be perfectly honest. What was the second game that they released? Beneath the Steel Sky was their number two. Oh, that was it. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that was it. That's why we're bringing it up as a reference point. Okay. Um, Because, yeah, when I complained about it, because it had major plot problems i didn't complain about many of the mechanics yeah i mean it's pretty solid in terms of mechanical yeah um, i think i complained a little bit about like oh and they have to walk to that one space to be able to talk and like and you have to catch the people that are wandering around yeah after playing this like mm, no that's fine yeah, I will happily <laughs> chase. I'll happily it's like chase. as annoying as it is in this game, like having to chase down these people. And I, I kept wondering why there were so many screens of like literally nothing in the town. Like you'll just go on to the next screen screen, and there's nothing there. And yeah. I think it's because because you have to chase down these characters and you might find them on one of these empty screens. And there are a lot of the same oh, empty screen. It yeah. is annoying. So I really... literally navigated around those empty screens because yeah. not because it was faster, but because I actually wanted to walk around the town and not some random alleyway. Yep. Like, oh, man. It's, it's something. So, yeah. So I, I kind of walk back some of my complaints about Beneath the Steel Sky because, oh. boy, it could have been a lot worse. It, <laughs> yeah, like The second swing was a lot more solid than the first. But that yeah. being said, I kind of still liked this game for what they did. I was impressed with for them at- making this attempt, you the know, and, and, and really, first really game. trying. Yeah, for their first try, trying to do something different with a point and click adventure. Like, I just really respect that, mm-hmm. that they, they tried to take the genre and iterate on it a little bit and do something different from what everyone had been doing. And, and they great. almost accomplished it almost it is innovative it yeah, is the ideas amazing. Are 
in terms of innovation. It's sure. a solid idea. The implementation needed a few iterations. Yeah. Makes sense. And that's because, yeah, they built the engine. I mean, they literally built a custom engine that they called the Virtual Theater. Mm-hmm. Which is, huh. yeah, they took a game. Yeah. Uh, they basically built an engine and made a game. And do you know how many developers that I know have fallen into the, well, I'm going to build a game, but I need to build the engine first and never actually release anything? Yeah. Yeah, that's non-trivial. Every yeah, game dev falls into that trap or is aware of that trap. Right. Mm-hmm. Building the engine's the fun part for some. And if that's what you do, that's what you do. That's your jam. But they were able to take this with two programmers and make this basically sing in the course of like 2 years, which is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah, as much as I give this game shit, for a first outing, I don't say it's a good proof of concept. It's a decent game. Mm -hmm. So, oh god, I really want to throttle Deermont and uh, Gwen and, like, all of their (laughs) characters. They all deserve to be throttled. Maybe to death for some of them. But as a game, it's it's an interesting hour and a half with a walkthrough. Yes. And assuming that none of the NPCs walk off into, go check out that sewer rat pouch. That's a good idea. I never told him to do that. And he did it twice. (laughs) He just wandered off and checked out. Did he like back with what he found (laughs) no he just said i'm gonna go hump this screen transition between the random alleyway and the sewer oh god (laughs) yep it it has some issues yeah but in terms of context this is actually a pretty good revolution game for 1992 just if you got those uh rose-colored glasses they might not live up to what you remember yeah Yeah. you know there are a lot of games that we like all played when we were younger and they were mind-bogglingly good at that time and sometimes it's better to leave those games in our memories because you go back to them later and you try to play them you think oh, it's going to be so great and you start and you're like Oof. why the hell <laughs> did i ever enjoy any of this this is awful <laughs> like wow was this did i am i misremembering was this game ever good like <laughs> Yeah. Like, how is it that I'm simultaneously like having flashbacks to these memories and also thinking to myself, this could not be the game that I remember. Because this is terrible. Right? Yeah, yeah it's Goldeneye's not. GoldenEye is like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Ooh, playing Don't that or Duke Nukem ever play GoldenEye. Oh boy, I played that. Never ever shit ever played it, it and I cannot go back to it. Nope. Yeah. It's so broken at this point. It is yeah. unplayable. It did not age well. No. I, and, but and, it was amazing yeah. when it came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I played the shit out of it. That was like one of the games that my sister caused her to stop playing games because I got better at it than she did. <laughs> than her. So, so, so what you're saying is that you made sure your sister wasn't a gamer. Got it. Yep. Unintentionally. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yep. good job. It's <laughs> yeah. one thing I'll do better than my sister. <laughs> one thing. I got one thing. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, enough of my personal life issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, like in context of rose colored glasses, yeah, it's not going to hold up. But I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't enjoy this game a little mm. bit while playing it. Yeah. Because. Yes, it had issues, but at the end of the day, because I was sitting there waiting for so long for 
rat pouch to finally come back which he never did by the way i had to scour every screen for him how did you get him out of being stuck uh lucky clicking <laughs> i got him before he trans transitioned to the other screen uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah and i had like maybe a tenth of a second to click on him oh god but yeah that's terrible yeah it was bad but because of that, I sat there for like half hour wandering around. I was like, you know what? I haven't seen Gwyn either. So I made this entire <laughs> head cannon about him and Gwyn running off with each other because Gwyn <laughs> won't shut the fuck up. And Rat Pouch is just a hair above Deermont in terms of intelligence. And he's like, hey, you look like me, mom. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is not... exactly you know what you want to say to anybody. Oh well, yeah. Women <laughs> women always like to hear that you that they look like your mom. That's yeah. that's like the best pickup line there is. You can just walk up to a chick in the bar and be like, "Hey, baby, um, you look just like my mother. Want to go back to my place?" It doesn't <laughs> creep him out at all. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that statement. Yeah. You know yeah. what's funny about that is I was thinking it in my mind, going, "Oh, that's really creepy," and then he said it, and it's like, "Oh my god, it's way creepier when someone actually says it." Uh huh. <laughs> out yeah, loud. I, I was yeah, saying it out loud and going, "Oh Jesus Christ! Why yeah, are you saying this out like loud?" A, it I, was already like a. I'm committing really to like, this. Bothering me. <laughs> yep. it was Twelve on the creepy scale already, and then you said it, and I was like, "Oh no, we're like, we, we are beyond like the thirties at this point in the creepiness factor." Well, yeah. I'm glad that I could be here to um creep out everybody. bring that to light <laughs> exactly yeah someone had to do it i'm gonna follow someone... that sword yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm glad you took that hit for the team yeah yeah we, uh, we appreciate that one yeah i'm so, so, so sure you do yeah like... so uh, uh <laughs> um so while we were talking about like you know for the time it was good and stuff well i found this quote from uh, edge magazine from, like 2008 uh, they were interviewing, um, I think Charles Cecil was, uh, I think, the director of Lord of the Temptress. And he had this quote that I'm, I'm curious what uh, y'all think after. This is a little bit more, I guess, maybe on the story side of things, but it could be with mechanics as well. So, quote, Charles Cecil. While I enjoyed Sierra games, I felt that there had to be more than yet again saving King Graham of Daventry from a, let's be frank, fairly unlikely series of events. It was all a little bit twee. So we came up with the idea of writing an adventure game that didn't take itself too seriously, but did have a serious story. Something in between LucasArts and Sierra. End quote. Do huh. you think that they succeeded? I'm going to call shenanigans on the serious story. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe an attempt at a serious story from someone who's never read or written a story. Yeah, this, but... this, this was a DM's <laughs> attempt at a serious story. I was actually going to make that, with crazy, that comparison. Yeah, with like <laughs> the crazy players that don't want to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like when you were describing the way that the story went, I was kind of like, you know, I'm fairly certain that I've put together one shots with more context and more a more linear story than this thing has. And I'm not talking about one shots like I sat down and wrote them out. I'm talking, you oh, know, shit. we I'm sat down. Running it tonight. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my player's yeah. like, you guys want to play D&D? And I'm like, shit. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so anyway, so there was a king, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just start spitballing on the spot. I'm pretty sure I could do a better job. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this this enchantress showed up, and she's possessed by a demon, and uh, and she killed, <laughs> killed the king, and she took over the town that's not the capital. It's just a random town, but uh, you know, uh, it's even have a name. Probably it's, like it's a Turnvale. Economic... Yeah, it's Turnvale. <laughs> yeah, Turnvale, and uh, it's a big economic center. I'm sure. I'm sure that it is. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, and you guys, you were in the battle, and then you got knocked unconscious, and uh, you're in the dungeons. And, uh, yeah, there are these, like, inhuman guards, like, these mutant squirrel guards. Uh, that Did are you say squirrel? <laughs> uh, no, no. I said squirrel. That's, uh, that's uh, totally different. More of an orc S-O-R-L. Yep. Which is super pronounceable. Have you ever heard a German trying to say squirrel? I mean, fair enough. Squirrel. I, squirrel is one of those words that is just very, very difficult for non-native English speakers to say. And really? there was a whole video. I, I'll see if I can find it for y'all. But there's a whole video of asking non-native English speakers to say squirrel. And they just struggle. And, and you laugh because, aha, they're struggling. But then you're just like, this word is really weird. Like, how do you say this word? <laughs> I right. recall that there was a native German speaker that was trying so hard and was like, I can do it. I can say this word, but it was just the sounds just not happening. I can do paragraph <laughs> sentences. Surely this one can work. Surely, surely I can say squirrel. And, and and like, it's funny because like, I even like have inconsistency in my own accent for how I say squirrel. So <laughs> and now I'm like, really like, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's true. It's. Not it's a I'm difficult word. So, like, squirrel, I think, is probably somebody, like, taking squirrel and then being like, yeah, let's just, yeah. We're rocking cool. this. Or they just yeah. came up with the word and it was like, yeah, how about the squirrel? That sounds a lot like squirrel. But it's it's not spelled like that, though. <laughs> totally I, not. So, here's my theory. This looks like one of those words that you you are, like, trying to come up with an, a, an original, you know, uh, thing. So you have to come up with a word that no one has before. And if anybody has ever spent time trying to make a nonsense word, it's harder <laughs> than you might think. Yeah, try, uh, try clumlanging, man. It's hard coming up with words. <laughs> it's so hard. It sounds so stupid, but but it's true. Like coming up with a word yeah. that isn't a word is difficult. And if you're not putting a lot of energy into it, the easiest thing to do is to almost literally just have a little seizure on the keyboard and just like bash it until you get something that looks like a word and you're like that'll work this looks yeah. like one of those yeah. words that was made in text and never spoken aloud <laughs> you're not wrong yeah kind of like is Cade, the magician yeah yeah where you're like oh man that looks super fantasy and it's like no yeah, Try this saying. word looks really awesome. Like as a name, tag looks really cool, but it's one of those that's like, how? No, what are the rules on pronunciation here? Ugh. Hold <laughs> up, you went zero to sixty on this word, and the speed limit's twenty-five. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm trying to find how does it, how's tag spelled? T A A I D G H. Uh, yeah, we should probably no. put that through uh, Windows Word Translator and see how oh, that yeah. works. Yeah, see how, how to pronounce. <laughs> I'm getting a bunch of weird shelves when I Google it, so. <laughs> oh, okay. boy. Okay, let's see. Well, it's one of those words that looks like they were going for Celtic. 
Yeah. 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 Probably. I'm going oh, to have to try it's a that. First name. People people use it as a first name. This okay. It's a real name. Came? Sweet. Yes. Yes. Can we get a cool. pronunciation for it? <laughs> no. No. Um... <laughs> Can we get a pronunciation? <laughs> like no. No, I'm not attempting that. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe maybe I can make... Does Wikipedia have like a way of saying... Teague? Let's see. Where uh, is this word coming from? Now, now I'm curious about this. Uh, it's an Irish and Scottish Gaelic masculine name that was very common. Gaelic language dominated to the extent that it is a... That's a word I don't know. <laughs> That's a word, my friend. S y n e c d o c h e. Hell is that? Okay, hold hold on. I might have a pronunciation. The name signifies poet or philosopher. Or philosopher. Or storyteller. Okay, so tag is how you would say it. Tigu. Tigu. Oh, that's what this says. Tigu. Tigu. It. Okay, okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm gonna fact check that. Uh, but that's what <laughs> this. Don't that's what at this... us about this. <laughs> yeah, don't at me. I'm still researching. That's what yeah. that one said. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find it. Oh man. I'm so glad that it's a real what? name because it looked like it was a real name, but. Oh no. Huh? Due to similarity in sound, tag or however you say it is often listed as an Irish equivalent to. Christian names Thaddeus, no Timothy or Tim, and this is where I'm like, Ugh. or sometimes Thomas. Okay, Tag, we got it. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> that is not a thing. <laughs> hey, at least you're a wizard and you're not called Rat Pouch. <laughs> okay, admittedly, this is a. Now that I know it's an actual Gaelic name, this is a much better name than Toig. Toig. Oh, okay, Toig. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that sounds very Gaelic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Blink. pronunciation found. <laughs> so Okay, so this brings me to my, my last point, though. Where was this uh, game made? Is this an American... England. This is England. UK. This is, this this is, is the UK. straight this up is UK. The, they are a uh, British company. Yeah. Okay, so what's happening here is that they are probably infinitely familiar with that name, and it's not nearly such a big deal, where us, you know, morons in America are like, well, this it's is possible. Together. It, it, it's possible that it wasn't so much they were familiar with it, but they wanted like a cool, like mage-sounding name, and they decided, hey, I, you know, sounds magey, Irish. <laughs> also, it's spelled super crazy, so yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you read any of the text in this and don't read it in a British voice, you are doing yourself a severe disservice. <laughs> Just saying that right now. I, I know I made a joke about Deermont just being like, but seriously, I could not keep that voice up the entire time. I had to go British with it occasionally. <laughs> you well, I mean, it was made in Britain, so, you know, you're you not want. really, like, yeah, doing it want. wrong. Yeah. Want. We didn't get any of, the, like, that level of British, but yeah. it got close. It was... It was interesting. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that uh, the squirrel had the uh, Londoner pub voice <laughs> the entire time. Oh, you human. Yeah, they definitely, like, the way they were written, it definitely sounded like they were supposed to be Cockney. Yeah. Like, 
they yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah very distinct on that one and it's kind of impressive they did that with text only so mm-hmm. yeah like the more we talk about it the more i'm like oh yeah this is actually very impressive for a first outing and then the, the first outing gets cut out oh this is very impressive what i hated this game <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this just goes to prove that there is a lot of heart that went into this game and they thought about a lot of details and the story is unfortunately not one of them. Yeah, Yeah, the story was like slapdash last minute. No one even said it out loud to them, even to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was overall. That or it was was like they built an engine and they were like, we should probably build a game. How are we going to do the story? And they were all, I mean, come on. It's the '90s. They're all dorks, you know. They're they're, <laughs> so they're like, you know, what? How do we? What are we gonna do for the story? And they're like, I know. We're gonna just throw together a random D and D session, and I'm gonna take notes, and yeah. that's gonna be our story. Oh boy, they were drunk during that D and D session too. <laughs> yeah, that's that yep. where I was going next. How the, did you know? <laughs> the DM was drunk on this one. I know because uh, I've been in those D and D sessions. But, yeah, like, haven't we all? Yeah, anybody that's played D anD D or any RPG probably has at some point. But yeah, Hell yeah, like overall, very solid introduction to adventure games. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot worse. Like if you started off with the first King's Quest, no, don't, don't start off. Oh, with don't that do that. No, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> no, you start off, with this one. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, this one, you'll you'll rage against Gwyn and Rat Pouch and, like, half the other characters and the monks that won't fucking talk on the street. But it has personality <laughs> and it has an impressive tech yeah. showcase. That's coming from a developer, though. So take that mm-hmm. one what you will. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, in a lot of, like, the puzzles, like, they're pretty logical. It's not, like, you know, bullshit puzzles like the first yeah. King's Quest, too. It's, like, you, it's no Roberta Williams. Like, yeah, it's no, yeah, it's no Roberta Williams. And, like, there were some points in the game where I was just like, this is dumb. What? But you're going to get that in any point-and-click adventure to some point. So I, I would say it's still, uh, I, as a... Uh, uh, knowledgeable layman i suppose you could say uh that um i'd I'd say lure of the temptress is a pretty good introduction to point and clicks if you've never played one before um i wouldn't say it's the best introduction but uh, like i said like don't king's quest don't do that (laughs) just no this is a better introduction than that do so yeah as someone who has not played either of those from a writer's perspective Mm. which one has the better story uh, Lure of the Temptress. This one has a story. This one actually has a story. <laughs> it's not Fair enough. King Cram- King Graham needs to get his king crown. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I was trying to get like how Stella got her groove back, but I couldn't quite make that joke. So here we are. <laughs> it worked. You got there. <laughs> you got to the end of the joke. Yeah. That was better than my linguist joke earlier. So. <laughs> I guess it's worth noting how many games in 1992 had storylines. A fair number. Like, in I mean, general. This was uh, yeah. the ramp up to the heady days of adventure games. Let's, let's keep that in mind. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like this is kind of the dawn of actually having a story to tell rather than just kind of having like a random game mechanic that you get to play with. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it, you know pushing the genre of video video games just generally it, and seeing what you can do with interactive interactive media where yeah you can tell a story. Yeah. In, uh, what what year did Mist come out? We've talked about this. <laughs> we should have yeah. that like committed to memory. I should just point. have that like on a sticky note on or something. Mist came out. 1993. 93. What? 90. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was going to say 90, but I was like, oh God, I don't want to say something. Yeah. Uh, so 93 oh, on Mac, 94 on Windows 3.1. Yeah, so we're, like, reaching right into, like, the beginning of, like, where a bunch of classic, quote, classic games in the genre come out, but also just generally, I think. I'd have to look at, like, a whole list of games that came out in 92, 93. Right. I know this isn't going to be fair, but in 1992, in video gaming, Echo the Dolphin was released for the Sega (gasps) Genesis. Oh, was it really? And id Software released wolfenstein 3d oh okay yeah those were notable ones of the era so we we aren't like super early in like games and storytelling but Mm -hmm. we are doing a pretty good showing for the lesser loved at the time Mm -hmm. sure platform of the computer because i would argue echo the dolphin is definitely a superior game but i gotta put the caveat of yes i own this game as a kid and yes i do have rose tinted glasses on so yeah yeah it's one of those games that is interesting when you don't have the tinted glasses on but i mean deserving of tinted glasses echo the dolphin came out on dreamcast that's anyway this has been our look at lure of the temptress uh very impressive first showing for a game company that's around almost 30 years later so they're mm-hmm. they must be doing something right where can we find everybody oh uh well you can find me on on the internet on uh twitter instagram and twitch uh lady marowif l-a-d-y m-e-r-e-w-i-f uh, right that? now i'm streaming every wednesday we're playing vampire games Ooh, so. yeah <laughs> oh I yes get bored. <laughs> I, I i recommend it it's entertaining um and how about you tom you can find me on uh um instagram and actually youtube all the way youtube time and on both of those my username is tomakaze which is totally misspelled so it's t-o-m-a-k-z-e and neither of those things have a to do with video games so i will warn it's mostly car stuff and uh custom subwoofer boxes and fabrication and stuff like that so very different but i'm you know i'm also a tremendous nerd there's a few uh dnd things on there so you can enjoy that <laughs> right on and <laughs> Yeah, and people can find me on Twitter as JC Siron, S-I-R-R-O-N. I have yet to be convinced I need Twitter, so I will... Uh, um, but if I do, I'll, I'll let you... Well, <laughs> let us fair. know first, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds fair. <laughs> well, this has been the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. 
And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.